0: All right. What's up, guys? Welcome back to another edition of the DNBR Rams podcast presented by Chevalier Mortgage. Something to keep in mind for our homeowners with prices going up, it's creating natural equity in your home. If you have mortgage insurance, chances are you can refinance out of that and make the bubble work for you. If you're in the buyer's market, you know how stressful trying to buy a house is right now, especially in Colorado. I mean, the housing market is absurd out here. And that's why you want to work with my friends, Mike and Virginia Chevalier. They're going to take the burden off folks so they can focus on their home being a home, not just a house as mortgage brokers. They can shop over a dozen lenders with many products to find the right fit for you. They want their borrowers to know who they're working with and not feel bounced around. They take the time to help their borrowers be as informed as they want every step of the way. Mike in Virginia, our CSU alum, they're proud DNVR members, and they have a fun perk for DNVR listeners. If you go to dnvrmortgage.com, you can enter to win a free DNVR shirt or hat. Most importantly, get set up with a free consultation to discuss all your options. That's dnvrmortgage.com. If you'd like to talk to somebody directly, give Mike a ring at 970-412-2472. Tell him Justin from DNVR Rams sent you, or again, just go to dnvrmortgage.com. Michael Chevalier, NMLS number one nine three one zero zero six. Virginia Chevalier, NMLS number one nine one zero six three one. Cool, cool, cool. Um, yeah, I guess let's let's just jump right into it. This was a, a frustrating one. It's it's late Monday night. Wyoming wins eighty four to seventy eight in overtime. Outscores the Rams fourteen to eight in that extra period to to take it up in Laramie. I had to to actually watch the game remotely, unfortunately, because I had something come up in my personal life, so I couldn't be there. Definitely looking looking forward to the the return game because this was a, a hard fought matchup between two teams that that really dislike each other a whole bunch, and it's it's good to have a border war on on the hardwood that that matters again. You know, you kind of have to go back to the the Josh Adams, you know, Gian Clavel, Stanton Kid years to to really have a, a basketball rivalry that that had any type of implications on the conference standings. I mean, if you remember back the the year that CSU won 27 games, I mean, Wyoming arguably kept CSU out of the NCAA tournament. So I think last night was just a, a painful one altogether, you know, a, a lot of missed opportunities. And then we'll dive into that. There's no one singular moment you can pinpoint. That's always, you know, an unfair thing to do. I understand that even in spite of everything that went down the Rams were You know, a a couple of key possessions, I would say over that final minute away from probably pulling this one out. But, you know, when you turn the ball over 13 times and give the the opposing team 20 points off that going to be repercussions. And, you know, the Rams, they were just, they were playing catch up the whole night. It was another slow start offensively, missed their first five attempts from the floor. I, I felt like they settled for jump shots at times, missed a lot of open jump shots again. I don't know, man. I don't, I don't know what these slow starts are about. I I feel like at times the offense gets stagnant and they don't do as good of a job of, of getting, you know, inside the paint. Some of that is probably a a credit to the defense and and Wyoming defended well at times. Also, you know, gave CSU some, some easy runs as well as kind of an inconsistent effort defensively from both squads, I would say. And really, I mean, I think that's a, a big key for CSU as a whole is they just, they have to defend more consistently. It wasn't all bad. There was a possession where Isaiah Rivera had to to guard Maldonado one-on-one in the post. And he was uh, able to, you know, force a turnover. That was a really great one. I thought James Moores did awesome on Graham EK as a whole. I mean, he still had 16 points, eight rebounds in this one, but it wasn't, it wasn't, you know, a matchup where he was able to do whatever he wanted. he had, Four turnovers. They were able to to get him to make some bad decisions with the basketball. Drew a couple charges on him, and and we'll obviously talk about the officiating. I'll I'll get into all of that because it was not good. But I mean, I, I felt like all things considered, James Morris came off the bench and really defended Graham Ek about as as well as you can hope. I mean, you take away his six free throws, he has ten points from the floor. Yeah, that's, that's, it's like Isaiah Stevens and David Roddy, you know, they're going to get theirs. It's just a matter of, of not letting them completely kill you and, and kind of bringing it back to CSU defensively. That's, that's been the problem, you know, back to back games, Bryce Hamilton goes off for 42 points in that UNLV game. You know, that was a letdown in itself and, and they had an opportunity to basically erase that loss here with a, with a win in in arena auditorium. And they just, they let Hunter Maldonado go off, man. 35 points, a career high day for him. He was able to, to really do a lot of pretty much what he wanted in this one. I mean, the Rams, it wasn't like the effort wasn't there. He was just, he was just cooking them. And you know, I don't, I don't really know what CSU needs to do to, to kind of eliminate this, or at least, you know, make it a little bit more manageable six times this year. They've had an opponent go off for like, you know, 24 plus and three different guys have, have gone off for 30 or more. Bodie Hume of, of Northern Colorado. And obviously now most recently in back-to-back games with, with Hamilton and Maldonado, Matt Bradley dropped 26 against them. I mean, it's, it's been a consistent problem for the Rams all season. The thing about basketball is, I mean, it's a team sport, but one individual has the ability to make such a drastic impact on the final outcome. It's, it's crazy. And and we've seen a couple of games now. I mean, in, in all of CSU's Mountain West losses so far, the opposing team's, you know, arguably best score, at least from the guard position, has had their season high against the Rams. Bradley did it with twenty-six. He's actually since topped that because he scored twenty-seven against UNLV a couple weeks after. But then you have the same thing happen against UNLV. You have the same thing happen uh in, in New Mexico as well. I mean, Mashburn and, and Jalen House and those dudes really scored well too. I mean, it was a little bit more diverse in terms of their output, but the Rams, they just, they got to find a way to, to reduce, to reduce the damage. Cause you know, three conference losses now, San Diego state, UNLV and Wyoming, three guys all going off for their season high. That can't continue. I mean, the, the schedule is not going to get any easier from here on out. And, you know, we're seeing teams like Utah state kind of figure it out now. And, and that trip to Logan's not going to be a picnic, the trip to, to Boise State, New Mexico, Nevada. I mean, the Rams got a, a ton of, of challenging road games coming up. And, and that's also a good thing. You know, I mean, the Rams, they have plenty to play for, and I'm going to get into that later. Like I, I see a lot of tweets just, I don't know, saying like CSU is already out of the NCAA tournament field or something. And, and that's just not true. <laughs> you know, I'll, I'll talk about that here in a couple minutes after I, I give some more takeaways on the game, but you know, I think what's what's ultimately going to sting the most about this is it was just there for the taking. I, I don't think CSU necessarily played their best game. I don't think they played poorly by any means, but they, they trailed for a lot of this one, you know, over 22 minutes. They did lead for 1830, so it was, it was very much back and forth. But after, you know, going down six with two minutes left, the Ramsey's a 7-0 run. They go up one. Wyoming misses a three with 42 seconds left. And CSU gets a shot clock violation. I mean, that's basically the worst thing you could do in that situation. Even if you airball it, at least you you put a look up. But to not even get a shot up with a chance to basically bury Wyoming. I mean, it, they they still would have had an opportunity at that point. And you know who knows if they could tie the game with ten seconds left. But instead, you don't even get a look up. You turn it over. Wyoming goes down on the other end, and, and Graham Ek gets fouled by Kendall Moore makes both free throws. The Cowboys go up one with with six seconds left. Kudos to the Rams. They're able to break the press. John Tanjay makes a smart decision, dishes the ball off to David Roddy. He goes hard to the hoop. I'm going to be honest. I felt like he lost the basketball before he got touched, but it was a strong drive. That's great on him. Draw the foul, made the first free throw to to tie it at 70. That was huge. That that gives CSU an opportunity and he left the second one short. And and that's a bummer. You know, I'm sure that one's going to sit with him for a long time. I mean, these guys, these guys are competitors. They, they want to win the game a hell of a lot more than anybody in the stands, you know, cheering. And then that's just the truth. It's, there are times I think where you can question that with some rosters, but, but not this one, these dudes are warriors and, you know, having gotten to know David pretty well these last couple of years. And especially now that he's a team DNVR athlete, I can just, I can promise you that that's, it's going to eat at him. I mean, he had a chance to 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 put CSU up there and, you know, basically at that point, Wyoming probably would have had to go Duke style where you go full court heave, Grant Hill to Christian later and try and get a jump shot up. I I think that's probably your best option with one point seven seconds left. They didn't have any timeouts. As we saw, they tried a full court heave after the missed free throw and it, it came up short, but you would have you would have lined something up in the dead ball. It it just it, it stinks, you know. It's there for the taking. With you, you have a chance when you're, when you're up one to go up two possessions in the final 45 seconds. You blow that. Wyoming goes back, takes the lead. Even then, you still have a chance to to win the game in regulation, and you go to overtime. And eventually, you know, it was just too many missed opportunities and not consistent enough defense. And and Wyoming made the Rams pay. I mean, overtime is is always going to favor the home team, especially when it's a a raucous crowd. You know, I think it just gives you energy. It keeps you going. And, you know, as we saw with the, with the court storming, it was, it was just a game that that meant a ton to Wyoming. I mean, they got swept by CSU on their home court last year. I'm, I'm sure that was brutal for them this year. They're one of the top teams that they're, they're going up against the preseason favorite. They've had to hear all season, you know, how the Rams are the team to beat and kudos to them. They they pick up a big win on their home floor. The fans storm the court. I, I don't have a problem with it because I think court storming in general is, is fun. You know, it was, it was a good atmosphere. Again, I, I had to watch the game on TV, but you know, it was, a, it was a great atmosphere and, and I don't have a problem with it, but also, I mean, it kind of shows the the difference in general expectation, at least I think from the start. Now we know that Wyoming is in the, in the, the, the tournament conversation and I actually said they would be from the start, not trying to, Toot my own horn, but I, I was much higher on Wyoming than the preseason poll was. I thought it was absurd how low they got taken. I mean, you just look at the build of the roster with, with Maldonado and Ducella especially, and then obviously the, the emergence of EK has, has taken them to the next level. But we knew they were going to have shooters. We knew that Jeff Linder was going to be able to create offense. The, the people that took him to finish like eighth and ninth just didn't pay that close of attention, I guess, in the Mountain West Tournament because we, we saw glimpses of this with the run that they were able to make last spring. Anyways, it's a tough loss and it, it's one that the, the Rams are going to have to to sit with. And obviously it puts CSU in a, a difficult position and we'll talk about the, the implications of it and all that, but it's, it's also one that, you know, you can't really afford to, to let it compound and, you know, re- really take down your season because you've got a huge game coming up against San Diego state on Friday. I, I wouldn't say it's necessarily must win, in in that sense, because I I mean, you could lose to San Diego State and still make the tournament. It's just the reality with the amount of quality games that CSU still has on the schedule. But I think if you want to, you know, keep the the realistic possibility of contending for a Mountain West Championship alive, it, it definitely goes a long way. Obviously, it would also go a long way in, in calming everybody's in calming everybody's nerves. There's still plenty to play for. I mean, every team in this league is a, is a rough week away from being in the same position that CSU is in. Everybody still has to play each other. Everybody still has to travel to each other. I and mean, it's it's a really deep league. It it sucks that a, a loss like this, which it's a quad one loss. So in terms of like net and the metrics, it, it's really not going to hurt the Rams at all. It just stinks that, that losses like this you know, this, this is the type of game that should validate the fact that the mountain West is legitimately one of the best basketball conferences in the country this year. And instead, you know, it's one of those where a really hard fought loss in a hostile atmosphere is going to, going to hurt CSU in terms of the national respect they have, because people just don't give the mountain West the benefit of the doubt the same way that they do, you know, with the big East, with the, with the AAC even, I mean, you look at the hype that Houston's getting right now. Go look at their resume. Who has Houston beaten at this point of the season? They're getting forecasted as like a two and three seed. I just... Anyways, I'm I'm going on a whole side tangent there. My my point is, is, is this is the type of loss that from a metric standpoint, not really going to kill the Rams for the people that really watch college basketball closely, not going to kill them. But it does hurt them in a, in a respect sense, at least on a national level, because we just know that... You know the Mountain West; they don't they don't get the benefit of the doubt. They should. It's one of the better basketball conferences, especially this year. You know, look at having six teams in the top sixty five in net. I mean, honestly, if you just take the league as is, and and all you do is change the name and logo to Pac twelve, what is the Mountain West a, a five bid league? And instead, you know, it, it should be a four. It could be a five, depending on what happened with with Fresno State or you know, if like a team like Utah State got hot and, and won the, the tournament. But instead, if, if something fluky happens in Vegas, it'll cost it a, des- a deserving team in the, in the top four of the conference. And it, it just, it's frustrating, but it is what it is. And the pressure's on. The The pressure's on. There's no doubt about it. Going to talk about that. What to to kind of try and, and take away from all this, what to expect moving forward. And also going to talk about the officiating because I know it's a it's a big point of contention for for everybody online and you know justifiably so the 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 officiating was not good in this one the moment we've been waiting for since september is finally here in honor of the big game drag sportsbook an official sports betting partner of the super bowl 56 is giving new customers 56 to 1 odds on either team Bet $5, get 280 in free bets if your team wins. If you're not a new customer, you can experience Super Bowl 56 with the same game parlay. Combine multiple bets from the same game, the more legs you add, the more you can win. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable. Best of all, you can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want. Download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use the promo code DNVR. Get 56 to 1 odds on either team. All you gotta do is bet $5 and get 280 in free bets if the team that you choose as wins. That's with the promo code DNVR at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of Super Bowl 56. Must be 21 or older, Colorado only, new customers only, restrictions to apply. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details. And if you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-522-4700. I also want to shout out the homies over at Sexy Pizza. If you got to go to any of the DNVR Broncos tailgates we hosted, We had sexy pizza at every single tailgate, garlic knots, wings, everything. I mean, sexy pizza, they're the shit. If you are looking to host a big game between the Bengals and Rams, need to bring something for your friend's party. How about two 16 inch pizzas from sexy pizza starting Saturday, February 12th through February 13th, our fans can get two 16 inch pizzas for $29.99 when they order online using the promo code sexy super bowl. Guys, I'm not going to lie. I am a pizza snob. I've worked at four different pizza places in my life, all different styles of pizza. It's my favorite food. I am a connoisseur to say the least. I once went on the Ram Sanity podcast with my my buddies V and Aaron Harris just to to talk about the the best pizzas in Fort Collins. Now I'm back in the metro area. My, My new favorite spot in the metro area, Sexy Pizza, guys. It, they have 13 years in the Denver community. It's as local as it gets. A hand-tossed deck oven pizza with made-from-scratch each morning dough. They have a 12-inch, 16-inch, or 18-inch crust. They have all the fixin' salad knots, wings, you want it. They also have vegan options, a 12-inch gluten-free crust. It's a can't-miss hit. To order online and get two 16-inch pizzas for $29.99, go to www.sexy.pizza, use the promo code SEXYSUPERBOWL, This offer is only available Saturday and Sunday of Super Bowl weekend. Make sure you get in on this while you can. Cool, cool, cool. Let's talk about the officiating. All right, I I had to go back and rewatch, and there were five to six, in my opinion, six, but one was kind of a a bang call. Four on CSU, two on Wyoming. Blown charge calls in this game. There was a missed goaltending on on Jalen Lake's Layup that ended up being a five-point swing in in Wyoming's favor. As I wrote in my my takeaways, the refs aren't the reason that CSU lost this game. The refs aren't anti-CSU. They're just not good at their jobs. I mean, I watch a lot of Mountain West basketball, and it's just bad across the league. And to have two of the best players on the floor foul out almost exclusively on ticky-tack charge bullshit it's it's just ridiculous. I mean, it was a ref show, and it's just time for for Randy McCall and some of these dudes to to move on. You know, I don't like to be a jerk when it comes to to age, and I think you know ageism is actually one of the the forms of discrimination that we're like kind of okay with in our society. And you know, that's a whole whole other you know deep dive that we can get into on a, on another day. But it's also just clear that sometimes these these officials, you know, they can't keep up. They can't, they can't, they're getting deceived and it's, it's a, the games is as fast as it's ever been. And I just, I think across the league, the mountain West just needs some, some new blood out there. I mean, there were, on some of those charges tonight, the defenders going down before contacts even initiated and, and you got to have an eye on that. I mean, Wyoming literally won a game against New Mexico this year on Maldonado flopping to to, to get a charge the other way. Why wouldn't they go to it? it it's worked. It, it was just frustrating to see. And it was both ways. You know, there were bad calls both ways. Again, it, it's not what decided this game, but it, it's just tough to stomach when you have that many blown calls. And, and it was repeatedly. And, you know, I, I saw some people pointing out on Twitter that you know, the officials are getting into it with Medved in the middle of the possession. Watch the game. Why are you arguing? Like, it, it's just the amount of ego, I think, that, that gets involved in this is just absurd. And again, I just, I think the officiating across the board has been really bad in the Mountain West this year. I watch a lot of Mountain West basketball. It, it's been inconsistent at best. And I, ho- I hope it tightens up down the stretch, but I'm, I'm definitely not going to hold my breath. I don't know. I, I probably am coming off as, as a bitter CSU alum at the moment. And maybe that's the case, you know, but I think when, you know, you have Pat Ford and, and Bobby Regan and national people across the country tweeting about how awful the officiating is, it, you know, validates the point a little bit. So again, you know, I'm not kudos to Wyoming. They played a great game. They they won it in overtime. It was a gritty win, a really an, a program defining type win for, for Jeff Linder. But I, it was just just a poorly officiated game. And, and I understand the frustration from CSU fans because in a game that matters as much as this one to have that many blown calls, it's just, it's ridiculous. But I'm, I'm not going to go on and on because all you can do is move on. You know, at the end of the day, there, there were plenty of other opportunities. It just, it sucks. It sucks that it's even a talking point. That's really how I feel. It, it shouldn't be, you know, it should be about the the play on the, on the court. It should be about Maldonado balling out. It should be about, you know, Roddy having a great game you know, Moore's defending EK, all that type of stuff. And instead, here we are, you know, talking about the officiating because it's just, it's been so bad in the Mountain West. Anyways, moving on. Yeah, the last thing that I want to talk about on the podcast here is it's just the doomsday reaction that I'm, that I'm seeing online. And I get it. I mean, that, that UNLV loss, it, it really puts CSU in a tough spot. But, you know, as I already explained, a quad one loss on the road is not going to hurt especially against a team like Wyoming, who if they keep winning is this probably going to work their way into the at large conversation. They already are. I mean, if you look at some of the, the leading bracketologists right now, it's, it's a four bid league. I think it's probably going to be a two or three bid league when it's all said and done. Cause I just think these teams are going to get punished for losing to each other. You know, you look at like San Diego state, they had a bad loss to Utah state. CSU has a bad loss to UNLV. I mean, it'll probably happen to the Boise state or Wyoming at some point. I mean, that's just the reality when your conference is this competitive and, and really top to bottom, obviously the top four teams are really good, but you know, when teams like Utah state who have really struggled this year <laughs> have talent like, you know, Justin bean and you look at the, the, the way that these new Mexico guards can shoot in Nevada with Grant Sherfield and in Cambridge, I mean on any given night, any of these teams are, are capable of going off. Even air Force is, has, you know, picked up quality wins against teams this year. It's just a really deep conference. And that's, that's kind of a blessing and a curse the way I see it, because obviously that the talent, you know, it can lead to to wonky upsets and outcomes like UNLV. It can lead to frustrating nights like Wyoming or San Diego state, but it also gives CSU a chance to redeem themselves. Like this, this two game skid is, is frustrating, but they're 16 and three and they have the non-conference resume that they didn't have last year. You know, that, that COVID pause could not have come at a more inopportune time for CSU last year, at least in terms of establishing, you know, a national resume because they didn't get a chance to to square off against elite competition other than the wonky game against St. Mary's. This year, you know, it would have been nice to get that Bama game in, but you have a win over Mississippi State, you have a win over Creighton, you have a win over St. Mary's. All of that stuff is is beneficial and all of that CSU didn't have, you know, on their resume last year. So when I see people already saying things like, "Oh, now CSU's already, you know, they they have to win the Mountain West tournament or there's no chance they're going to make the field. I just think that's that's silly. And I also think you're you're overlooking the amount of opportunities that CSU still has to pick up quality wins. They got to play Wyoming again. They got to play San Diego State again. Nevada, Utah State. They got both games against Boise State. There are plenty of opportunities to pick up quality wins. If you sweep Boise State and, and beat San Diego State, all of a sudden CSU fans are, are feeling great again. I don't know if that's going to happen, but it's possible. It's certainly possible with this team. I just think it's important to keep perspective and remember that there's still a lot of big opportunities, still plenty of chances for the Rams to pick up quad wins, quad one wins, excuse me. You know, that, that trip to Boise state is going to be huge. The game against San Diego state is going to be a quad two game on Friday. That's going to be huge. You've got Wyoming. That's going to come back to town. I mean, the Rams, they could very easily, you know, shoot right back to the top of the, the standings with a couple of wins and and obviously some help, but you're, you're going to need Boise state to lose some, you're going to need. Wyoming to lose some, at least at the moment they have the tiebreaker over CSU, but that's why you play twice. I mean, there's just, there's so much on the line still, but it's a really deep conference, even, even better than I expected. And I thought it was going to be pretty dang good. So that's, that's encouraging as a mountain West basketball fan. But also, I mean, it's, it's just naturally going to lead to some frustrating nights. And I mean, I, my preseason prediction was that CSU was going to split with Wyoming. It sucks that it was there for the taking, especially up in Laramie, getting that win and then, you know, getting the second one at home would have been massive, but it is what I expected, you know, and, and again, I've been on as high on this team as, as anybody. So I just, I just want everyone to keep perspective. That's all I'm saying. Um, I did see a, a Twitter account that was, you know, kind of mocking Nico Medved and their lack of defensive adjustments. I don't know if it was a Wyoming fan trolling or if it really is a CSU fan. I hope not. Cause you know, that's some loser shit considering that they literally built this program from the ashes of what you Stacey left. But it also wouldn't surprise me with, with how fickle you know, fans can be at times. Anyways, this one's going to sting. It's going to sting for a long time and it should, I know it's, it's going to hurt in that locker room. It's going to hurt the fan base, but there, there's still plenty to play for, still plenty of opportunities to win the conference, to make the NCAA tournament, to make a legitimate run. Sometimes you kind of need this, you know, tough experience. You need the adversity to kind of come out of it stronger. And and hopefully we'll see that with this group. You know, I I wrote the pressure is on, are they going to come out of it looking like diamonds? Are they going to fold? You know, we'll see. They have that opportunity. They have a chance to redeem themselves again. You know, a a win against San Diego state on Friday, that goes such a long way and just calming everybody down, you know, a loss. And I I already know that the (laughs) reaction is going to be insane. Um, A loss would be bad. You know, three game losing streak. It, It, Doesn't guarantee that CSU can't contend for a conference championship, but it certainly makes it an an uphill battle. It already is at this point, but I don't know. I just, I think we all got to keep perspective. Remember, there's a lot of big games coming up and and just try to enjoy the ride as best as we can. I think the the pursuit of a ring, you know, it it can make us a little bit too overreactionary at times and that's just sports culture in, in general, but we also got to remember that through nineteen games, this team has come out on top sixteen times. And there haven't been very many instances in program history when they've been able to say that. Again, I'm not saying anybody's wrong for, for starting to feel nervous last two games, especially, have been, you know, discouraging. And I get why everybody is is on high alert. But I also just know that they're one win away from everybody, you know, being excited again. And I guess that's just sports, but you know, don't don't panic just yet. That, that's my advice through all this is I just think that losing an overtime game in Laramie in a in a weirdly officiated night is, is not necessarily indicative that this team is, you know, frauds or anything like that. I think we've seen who they are on a much larger sample size over the last two years, but that's just my opinion. You know, I'd, I'd prefer to not go full panic mode until you absolutely have to, but I understand that others, others are different. All right. That's all I have on this one. Um, just try and, you know, take it in stride. That's really all I would say. The Cowboys fans are obviously going to be talking quite a bit on on Twitter and, and all that crap and until CSU and Wyoming play again and they get that right. I mean, like I said earlier, I, I do enjoy that it's a a relevant rivalry again. I owe my buddy Cody Tucker of 7220 Sports a beer in Vegas. So we'll have to go double or nothing. But uh yeah, just a just a tough night really unfortunate, but still plenty to play for. Don't panic just yet. As my favorite TV character, Ted Lasso says, believe, baby, you got to be a goldfish, you know, just be a goldfish. All right. Much love. Thank you for listening to the DNVR Rams podcast presented by Chevalier Mortgage. We'll be back with more content throughout the week. Make sure that you check out all the written work. Always a great time to become a DNVR member. You get a free shirt with an annual subscription. Alright, that's all I have. Much love. Peace. I only seem to write when the words, they don't come to me I'm staring at this page and I swear it stares back at me Read between the lines, see the blank and all the happenings It's been 35 and I ain't even wrote like half a thing Rhymes that make sense but more lines that didn't I was walking with my headphones, heavy bumping pivot Simplistic white pages, they dreaming we were famous They say they like the cadence, mark the summers like cicadas And features those ain't favors, my mood rings in alligators Spit like Vader with the saber, steady kicking it like Prater. Staring at white pages it's habitual behavior check the flavor that's some sage advice but confidence a great disguise and certain lines are idolized like yeah i'm fine and i don't mind it's out of sight it's out of mind and i've been dwelling on my past just to see what i can find lost and found memories of places i designed in my imagination's different now but i swear that